man that's got the same move with every club. I'm the only golfer with the feeling of greatness. I'm the only golfer living that's got the master move and the feeling of greatness. Again, coming back to accountability, I think coaching, the where I where I think that I've built some skills is communication. Totally. I think I think communication is a big deal. It, it, taking complicated things and making them consumable in a way. I mean, that's why I look at my business is like taking something complex. The golf swing is a hard thing. We've simplified the golf swing down. Then then you then you coach it in a way that makes it easily consumable, so it can be so the people you're coaching. They'll never have the time to develop it into a, a a consumable thing for them to speed up their learning process. And that's that's what we do as coaches. We're like, okay, we're refining these processes down so that you can consume them in a way that speeds up your learning. I wish I would I wish I knew. I wish I knew now. Back when I was 24 years old, I wish I knew what I know now. Because I, I wish I was coaching myself when I was 24. It would be a totally different experience for me because because I basically, like you, a lot of things figured it out on my own, then had to go back and and figure out what I had learned and then put it in a way that makes sense. And then I, then I coached those things. So again, back to the experience thing, coaching is taking our experiences, our, our lifetime experiences, things that were valuable to us. And then teaching those to other people so they don't have to go through that experience, or at least not as much of that experience. And that's really what coaching is. That's why you're, you know, the best coaches I've had in the world, they want you to experience it, but they're 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 guiding you into your experiences, right? That's kind of I think that's what, what probably the whole process is, is that look, just go on this path, have your experience on this path, and that's where you're gonna have the most success. I'm not having the experience for you, but I'm pointing you on the path that's gonna help you have have the most fruitful experience. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I've spent my time doing. You know, we wrote, you've written a book, you, you helped me write, we wrote a book together on the single plane golf swing. And that's really what it was. That book is a guide map to having an experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's like follow this path and this, it'll give you an experience. And I think that's what we do as coaches. I think that's the most valuable thing that we do. And I always tell people I've been teaching the same thing for years. I mean, I've been teaching the same thing for 28 years. However, I teach it a little differently now than I did 28 years ago because I've had experiences in my coaching and helping people that are now I've refined that into like streamlined. So now I, because I, 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 well, because what happens is you, as you as a coach and me as a coach, we find what works. Like you've, you've coached somebody and go, wow, that sure didn't work. You know, that, 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 that's not working. I've got to, I've got to refine how I say it or communicate it. Or I've got to refine, you know, maybe I put a step in there I shouldn't have put in there. And pretty soon you're like, okay, this really produces the best result for me when I coach it. And we've done that for, that's how we become great coaches is we've refined these processes. And that's why people come to us. But anyway, I kind of went off on a diatribe there. But but that's that to me is how we help people have more, uh, was it quality experiences or more productive experiences, I guess. In learning yeah well there's a lot of wonderful stuff in that um the the path to we're not looking to change in essence what we're looking for is transformation 
We want to move from one level. That, that, that we're looking to to transform. But the only way that happens is generally through hard experiences. You don't when you when you shoot like a for me a good score would be like a seventy six. I don't I don't it's a good round. It feels good. I don't really learn that much. But if I if I shoot eighty two, that uh, there's lots of learning that can happen. Oh yeah, this this and this. Okay, because that's the only way that we learn. It's like a friend of mine says uh, says never learned anything on a good day. <laughs> I mean, that just really is. That's the way humans. You know, when that. you're again coming back to the you know learn to walk thing. You know, you fell down a lot. You learn from that. And so all the experiences that you've had have made you a better coach. And, and the experiences I had have made me a coach. If, if it was like, I always equate it to, um, so I, I don't think that teachers college, the way it usually works is that you need to have like really high marks. I don't think that the kids with really high marks can become great teachers because they're the ones who stand at the board of the math class and go, well, this, I, I guess I'm working my way through a little trauma here, Todd. <laughs> hey, Tim, how come you can't get this equation? It's so easy. That's true. But an, but someone who struggled through math and has similar experiences go, okay, I understand what's going on here. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll guide you through it. Yeah. It's because, and I, and I, I, can, I can relate to that 100% because... I always tell people when I learned the single plane swing and I learned with Mo, it was because I was struggling so badly that I had to figure it out. And then I still struggled trying to figure it out. And I ended up figuring it out. But the struggle is where my coaching comes from, right? Because, because I learned what worked and what didn't work. And when I, that, that that's how I can help people because I see what they're doing isn't working. And I know exactly how to help them go in the right direction. So, so that's, but if I wouldn't have ever struggled with it, I would never have known how to, how to fix it. And the other thing that I've seen as a coach for me is, is I know that I can't help people do more than one thing at a time. It's like, you can't do more than one thing at a time, but a lot of times that one thing helps everything. So, and, and so me focusing somebody, a lot of times I find myself just focusing somebody focus on this and they come back, they, they get out distracted. No, no, focus on this. Right. And maybe there's that accountability piece in there as well. It's like, nope, focus on this thing. This one thing right now is where we're focused and they get off on nope, focus on this one thing. So a lot of times it's just that one thing and that helps everything kind of come together or help it start coming together. I spend a lot of my time just trying to get people to focus. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, how often have you had it? Uh, that you're, you're working with someone that say they're hitting a seven iron and they're working on say solid contact, you know, they tend to hit behind the ball, but you got them working on, you know, ball first, then down through the ball, but they thought, you know, I'm not hitting as far as I usually do. Yeah. Wait a sec. No, we're not focused on that. We're focused on solid contact Yeah. and keep bringing people back. And, and so an interesting way to look at this in terms of like the broad context of 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 mastery in in what we're looking for mastery in all facets of our life golf being a great you know partner uh whether it be being um you know a father or grandfather a community member a business person is what's your intention what's the intention that you have if it's if it's all about 
you know, getting the results I desire. Well, good luck with that because we don't control most things. It's like, you know, that with Mo, you know, that the whole thing that happened in terms of what led to the feeling of greatness conversation, I didn't have any control of that. It just sort of happened, you know, it's spirit or whatever. But when we make a commitment that this is what I'm going to do, that allows us to put more of a stake in the ground for who we are and where we want to go. We can pilot our ship. Yeah. Now, the problem that we have is that it's so easy to get knocked off course to, to go into. It's like is the example I used a moment ago, working with someone on, say, solid contact. And, and then they well, I need I want to hit it farther. Does that take you on your mission of where you want? Well, no. OK, cool. So in essence, I'm holding them accountable to the intention they made. And um, so it's a it's an interesting discussion because um, a lot of people want to be, you've been through this, I've been through this. They don't honestly want to learn. That's, sometimes that's what the question is about. How long is this going to mm-hmm. take? Is I want you to fix me. Yeah. I, I want to leave here today. I want my slice fixed. I want to hit it farther. And I want to hit a little butter draw. Well, what responsibility are you going to take for this? Yeah. Did I, did I, I told you the story about Chuck Hogan. You, you know, Chuck, well, oh, Chuck, yeah, passed, yeah. Chuck passed away, but but Chuck and I were, we were in uh, St. Pete shooting some instructional videos together. You, this is back wow. in, back he, in 90s. He was a legend in that. 90s. He was one of the guys who really, in terms of the whole, say, mental aspect yeah. of the game, he was way ahead of the curve. But Chuck Hogan started out as a golf instructor. Like he, he started out a technical golf instructor and got into the, which you can't help it. But like you said, you, you get into the emotional, mental aspect of, of helping people. Well, Chuck got known for that. Yeah. You know, so, so if you looked at some of his material, but anyway, so Chuck and I are having, having dinner one night and, and um, he goes, Todd, he goes, he goes, here's what I do now when I take on a client or student. He goes, I take him to breakfast and I discuss exactly what you just mentioned. I discuss, what do you want? What are, you, what are your aspirations? What are you trying to get out of this? You know, whatever. And he goes, we have breakfast and we talk about this and I get to know them and hear what they really, really want. And so I said, well, so what do you do after lunch? He goes, or what do you have after breakfast? He goes, lunch. And, and I thought that was great because it's so true. It, it's, it's like, it's like this conversation. It's a big conversation. Right. It's a and, big and, and, conversation. So, and until you get to what you really want, like what's that core? You're, what do you want out of this? But more importantly, what are you committed to in this? Like what's mm-hmm. your personal commitment to this? Then you're not going to get anywhere with a student. Nowhere. Matter of fact, and this reminds me of this at the club. So I'm a member of a really nice club and people ask me for instruction all the time because I go out there and I teach. I teach people all the time that usually aren't members, but but members will see me teaching. And then I'm building an academy right down the street. So they they know how involved I am in teaching. And then plus I write for the local magazine. So I'm I'm like the guy that's the most seen as instructor around the area. Yeah. And they walk, they come up to me all the time. They said, Todd, you know, will you help me? And and I say yes, but I'm gonna say no from now on because I and people know that I'm just honest on this podcast. I do not like teaching people that aren't committed. I I dread it. So every time I take on one of my one of these people that at the club that wants a lesson and I'm teaching them, I go, why the F did I do this? Why am I doing this? 
And I say it to myself every single time because I'm like, this person just wants a quick tip. They just want like, hey, why did that one go left? No, we're in the process here. We're, I'm, you know, the, the, I can never, I, it's my fault. I'll take full responsibility that I should pre-qualify these people or not teach them at all, right? But I feel kind of obligated to teach them. They're at the club. They want my help and I want to help. But I've just kind of gotten to the point now where I just don't do it because I only want to teach people that are all in, that all in thing, right? And if you're not all in, I can't, I can't help you. I'm sorry. I can't, I, I'm not a quick, t- quick tip guy. You know, I'm, I'm a process guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an experienced guy of, of correct. And so anyway, that I just find myself when I teach the guys at the club and then I see them at the club later on, I feel bad because I charge them so much. I'm like, it costs a lot to work with me because I want you to commit to this stuff. You know, I want you to, I want you to care. Not just, I'm just another guy that gave you a tip. I just, I can't be that guy. I'm just not that guy. Completely. Um, I got to tell a quick story. Um, I started coaching this guy. It's about 65, about 40 pounds overweight. And you know, I'm not fat shaming, but it's just, if you have a certain, if you carry a lot of extra weight, it's hard to play golf. It's just harder to play golf. And um, anyways, uh, so uh, what do you want? He says, well, I want you to fix my slice and I want to get the distance back that I lost. Like what? Yeah, well, back, you know, when I was like, you know, in my 30s, I was really hitting it far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so we go and we have uh, one lesson and then the next lesson gets rained out after 20 minutes. And then uh, I get an email from him. And uh, so I've coached him for one hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're arranging the next lesson by email. He says, well, can we do the next lesson on putting? Because I haven't fixed my slice yet and I'm not hitting it farther yet. <laughs> After an hour and 20 yeah. minutes. And yeah. I laugh, but it's not that unusual in terms of the golf culture we live in. Mm. Because you just scroll on your phone and you can find an answer, a fix to everything within mm. like there's it's it's a tsunami of information. Yeah. But this is where, you know, I might sound like, uh, but I'm sorry, folks. You ain't going to change or transform one iota unless you commit to a process. Yeah. And, you know, why do you think? I mean, it's an, it's an effing industry. In the in terms of the golf industry, if you want to make a lot of money, people come to you, you tell them what they're doing wrong. Here's the fix. See you in two weeks, partner. You'll be so busy, but you won't change anybody. Mm. And it's the same with someone buying a self-help book. They can buy that book on Friday on their lunch break, read it all weekend. And by Sunday night, they think they're, they're, they're going to lose weight. They're going to be more assertive. They're going to stop being angry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You haven't done anything. You've got some knowledge and that's not going to change anything unless you commit to the process. You said it in this already in this podcast about people come to you for consistency, right? Well, if you're, if your processes aren't consistent and your training isn't consistent and you're, and you're not consistently developing, how can you expect to be consistent? Because, because Mm -hmm. to me, look, I I worked with a trainer. I I got to like 8% body fat back in 2014 I remember those trainer. days. 
I remember yeah, those days. I know. I know. <laughs> not, I'm not there right now. But I got to but I got there and the first thing he said to me, it, it, I remember sitting out and again we had the conversation. What do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? What's your goals? And he goes, Okay. He goes, Todd. And I told him what I want. He goes, I could do that with just food. He goes, You don't even need he goes, You really don't even need to come see me. He goes, but if you want to like be more fit and more physically fit, that, that I'll I'll train you. But what you just told me, I can do with just food, what you put in your mouth. And then he said, number two is you got to do it consistently. Like you can't just eat good one day or one week and expect to get the result you want. You got to, you got to stay doing this for periods of time. And of course, I'm like, I'm a coach too. I get it. It's the same thing with the golf swing. It's consistent repetition. I've actually, I actually coined a term and I think I made up a term that I think you'll appreciate. My, my team wants me to trademark it. I don't know how to do that yet, but it's, it's deliberate repetition, not, not repetition because if you repeat stuff, it doesn't matter. It's deliberately repeating something. You're writing that down, right? Cause you, cause you're going to steal my trademark, but it's deliberate repetition. And it's, it's like, what is my intention? Cause that's your Todd Graves TM <laughs> TDTM. <laughs> But but it's like deliberate repetition is how you stay consistent. Because if I keep deliberate repeating what I want over and over and over again, I'll start getting results in that. But it has to be deliberate. It has to be repetitive. And it has to be, you know, to get that consistency. But but I can't let you get away here. I know you, you got to go here in a little while. Let's no, talk no, about. No, I, let, no. Let's talk. Maybe about you have to get going. Well, I got to. I got. I got thirty minutes. I do. But we got thirty minutes. So. So okay. let, let's talk accountability because this okay. is a this is a ma- massive one for us. It's it's we can be the best coaches in the world, and we can we can have all the greatest information, we can have the greatest processes, but if if the student is not accountable, then there's there's really it, it's same thing with my team here at Graves Golf. If we're not accountable to what we're doing, and and. I called you a couple of weeks ago and I was frustrated. I, I was kind of like, Tim, how do I motivate people? I, I've decided I can't motivate people. And that's a decision I've made in my life. I can inspire people. Like I, I believe I can inspire people, but motivating people that that's in your heart. That's something that you want, but then keeping people accountable. And you had some great insight to this. And I wanted to kind of hear you talk about it. Well, okay. So we'll go straight to the topic of accountability. I think there's some core things, things that happen in place that people will make commitments to take them forward. They will, whether it's, you know, whether it's in their golf or in whatever they're doing, or say as, as an employee or a leader in, in a company or organization. Um, but accountability, it's kind of like Buckley's cough syrup. It tastes terrible. It sounds awful, but it works. <laughs> The problem, the perception is that accountability is about being blamed, being shamed, written up in the book, thrown under the bus, all of that. And it, in, in very harsh terms, it could be. But to me, if I look at accountability through the lens of how do I learn? How do I use accountability to learn about myself? Which is very different than shaming myself or someone else. You see, when when I make a commitment and I don't execute on that commitment, if you will, if I basically don't say what I'm going to do, there's some stuff that happened there. 
So often you'll have people who'll say, are you going to do this? And they put up their hands. Yeah, I'll do it. Well, those people are pleasers often. And so there's something that's going on within them. And it usually goes right back to family of origin stuff that by being agreeable little Johnny or Jane, uh, people are going to like them. That's based on a fear that they're not going to be liked. Mm. And so fear is usually the core piece in all of this is that why people don't do things is they there's they feel some stress uh there's you know time say crunched uh something's going to happen am i going to make this sale or or i'm going to lose the sale uh i need the money for this or make my quota etc 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 um and so someone will make in in an instant someone will make a choice that's different than what they had committed to and it's nothing logical it's usually based on something that had like a pattern of behavior that's linked to to fear so if i'm the leader slash coach i will get nowhere if i point a bony finger in your chest hey buddy you didn't do this here's what you need to do quite frankly as the leader slash coach you have zero idea of what's going on with that person zero so because the a person is reacting to things and so your job and what you'll get out of the more is if you use it as a learning opportunity so so what so what's going on for you what are you thinking about what's happening what went on all non-judgmental opening questions because what you're trying to do is help that person self-process hmm. again for you to use the bony finger you're doing you're doing this wrong this is wrong so that you so the person can come more become more aware of their internal experience and go oh yeah yeah that's that's kind of what happened and then they can start to see wider behaviors and go like well that's not who i want to be as an individual or someone i work with you i don't want to be like that so i'm holding myself accountable and then you can start so if you use it as a learning tool about your behaviors and then how to go forward and renegotiate then you've got something there but if it's just about you didn't walk your talk and you're written up in the book and do, you do that again and you're going to be fired that you talk about motivation that's demotivating and it makes over the long run it makes zero difference in anyone's behavior well thanks for that tim because that just you just scared the shit out of me because and here's why <laughs> because it, it, i remember a conversation i had with my college golf coach and, you know, Division One, University of Oklahoma. And I, this was when I became a coach there because I played there for a number of years and then I became the assistant coach. And he kind of put me on the recruiting side of everything. And so I'm out there and for the first time in my life, I'm looking at, like, looking at kids younger than me, but not much younger than me. And I'm evaluating whether I should go recruit these kids or not. And I'm looking, okay, should I watch him play? He looks like, you know, whatever. And I start thinking, and I started talking to coach about it. And he goes, we don't have, he goes, whoever you decide to coach, we don't have time when they get here to make them good players. They got to come in here as good players. Like we're, we're not here to grow players. Right. And so what you just said there was like, it's just like when I hire people here at Graves Golf, it comes down to, you better evaluate what the value system is that you're bringing in here because 
nothing's going to be easy. Nothing's ever easy. So if these people have great value systems and they work hard and they're accountable to themselves, that seems like that's something they, they come to you with. It, I don't have time to hire an employee and grow him into the employee because he's going to cost me money sitting in that chair. He's going to mm-hmm. cost the business time. And look, that's our number one thing is time. Like we were, we're all running out of time. And so it scared the crap out of me what you just said, because you better you better figure out your value system and, and what you're accountable for and what where. And if you're not accountable and you don't have those values, you got to grow some values, man. You got to grow some values. Right. How do you do that? Well, you just so you remember how when I first got into this, I was saying that there's key elements that that have to be in play for people to be want to be their best selves, whether they're just being as a good person or, say, a good, say, employee or person in this group. And that starts with integrity Mm. and integrity. And so a good definition for integrity is when my thoughts, my words and act. My thoughts, words, and actions are in alignment. Hmm. So yeah. what I say and what I do, thoughts, words, are they're, they're aligned. I do what I say mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I think the easiest way to boil that down to is like what are, based on what are your values? What are the things that make you feel good when you're talking to somebody and you, and you just feel some brightness or you did something and it just feels like, that was good. There's, there's like, mm-hmm. just things feel good. You're acting from your values. Mm-hmm. When, when you're trudging around and it's, even though it might be blue sky, but you feel like you got it, you're weighted down <laughs> with a sack of rocks and your head is swimming with, Oh, did I do this? Did I do that? Was that the right thing? Well, you know that you're probably out of integrity. You probably didn't work from your core values mm-hmm. and. That it's almost like a comes down to a feeling more than a, a cognitive logical process. So that's why, you know, if you go back, remember that, that book, uh, Good to Great? I forget who wrote it. Um, yeah. he says you hire for character. Collins, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can yeah. train them into whatever they need to do. And that's the hard thing as, as a, as a leader in an organization. Yeah. Tra- training, training is never a problem. If the value system's there yep. to take on that, the, the training's always kind of like it's not the hard part. It's it's do they have the value system like? And look, as a, as a company leader here, we have a great team right now. I, I believe we have a lot of high value people in our organization right now. It's not always been the case. But we would sometimes just hire whoever would would fill the seat because we need somebody filling the seat, and and then we'd go, God dang it, this person just isn't along this is not aligned with our value. You know, companies have value systems too. Like that's, that's a very important part of our company is Mission. what do we value? Mission, what's important to us? And what's some, you know, customer, customer, to me, one of the things we talk about here at Graves Golf consistently is the customer journey. You know, what's our customer journey? Not And customer journey, I mean, it's it's not, it's, it's what is the customer experiencing from the moment they learn about the single point swing to, them taking the steps up to learn and, and progress and whatever. And we have that conversation almost every day here. That has a core value. That's a core value thing with the company is we want to make sure the customers are having a great experience and journey with us. And and it, it, if that can be just who gives a shit to somebody else, like, eh, I'm just here doing a job, you know, and we making we, money. 
make yeah. the money. Just, just I'm doing what I, I'm leaving here at four thirty. Just whenever you know, waiting for the bell to ring. You know, and we golf industry. And I was having this conversation with um, who was it? Uh, uh, this a uh, couple of days ago, I was having a conversation. I was like, "Here's the thing about the golf industry: we're weekend workers, man. We work weekends, you know, because because this is when people play golf is on weekends. So if you think you're gonna do a nine to five and take off on a weekend and have the weekend off, that's not the golf industry. Now we don't work every weekend. Like I, I, and sometimes Mondays, you know, Mondays guys have off. So the our value systems are much different than if you're gonna come to work for a job that's a ninety-five job. So people come to work for us. I'm like, guys, we're going to travel. We're going to work weekends. We're going to, we do webinars. I've done a webinar. I've done a show every night at 7 PM because that's when people are home. Like I can't do a show at noon because people are at work. So we do shows in the evenings when people are at home. So we're working around the clock in a lot of ways. And if you come in here with the value system saying, I don't, you know, I don't want to be home by five. I want to, I don't want to work weekends. I'm like, this is not the place. Graves golf is not the place for you. So mm-hmm. it's always this, it's always this, the, the value systems that people come in with that have to be kind of negotiated with and finding the right people that I'm like, I like, to, I love to work hard. I love what we do. I don't care if I do it at midnight. I love it. Um, you know, those are the kind of value systems that, that we have to have here at Grace Golf and it's not easy to find. It's not. No, no, I, I, I totally get that. And that, that's why the golf industry and, and a lot of businesses are hard for, for people. So I, I play in a band, I'm a musician. Um, Lots of people aren't cut out for that, that, mm-hmm. that world because they, um, they, they just get into a lifestyle that's just dangerous, you know, and, and it can happen in golf. It can happen in all kinds of different, you know, scenarios. But, um, what's interesting is that, um, it, we get back to sort of like, uh, you know, it's such a hackneyed word phrase, you know, whether we're on a, uh, a, a journey of sorts, but you know, in you know, I'm sure all leaders go through this. Is that they they go through a rigorous process and think, okay, this this person has great values, great character, and, and so they start working with you. And so for two years or so, I'm just making a story up, but they're doing great. But then they you go, okay, uh, Bill. Uh, we're going to give you this extra bit here. You're doing so well and you're you, that we're going to add this responsibility, but Bill starts to flounder. It just, he, and, and it starts to go down and starts to go downhill. Um, just your exchanges with them aren't, they aren't what they used to be. You, you know, so there's a, there's a, perhaps a surliness, a tenseness, just things are off. He starts disappearing earlier. Well, you, you could have start having some conversations, basically holding Bill accountable. And the if we come back to, to golf, it's it, it's just the same in all aspects of our life. What are we willing to look at? What's real in this moment? What am I willing to take responsibility for? That's what accountability is. I take one hundred percent responsibility for my actions and their consequences. There it is. Yeah, I take one hundred percent responsibility. So that's a little, so a little tangent, but people go, well, how can you take 100% responsibility for your actions and their consequences? Well, I can't control everything, but if I take that position, then that just puts me in the best possible uh, frame of mind or ability 
to go towards my beacon in life, to stay on mission if I take responsibility. But of course, I'm going to make fucking mistakes. I'm a human being. That's what happens. We're messy. And so when Bill starts, so if Bill takes it as a personal slight that he's, that, that he's, uh, he's not worth anything. He's not good enough. I'm all this stuff. Like your job as the coach, as the leader is to draw him out. You know, Bill, you made some mistakes. It's fine. We're going to learn from those in the same way we have experiences playing golf in which I hit some, a bunch of bad shots and went, Oh, that doesn't mean I'm a complete non-athletic spasmodic jerk. I'm just learning this. Yeah. But it takes, it takes a person of a mature person who's willing to take responsibility that maybe I made some mistakes or what I'm doing, but it doesn't mean I'm a worthless piece of shit. Well, I can tell you right now that if you, if you take responsibility, which, which I, I totally relate to that, you will make all the mistakes because you're taking responsibility. And I always tell my company, look, I'm, I'm the pioneer in my company. I, I say I'm, I'm out there taking the arrows because, because I'm doing stuff. I'm trying new stuff out there with the company. I'm always, look, I just bought a, a, a piece of real estate and I'm building a training center, something that, that, that I'm having to figure out in the real estate world. And so, and I've made a ton of mistakes on this thing. I'm also the one responsible for all fixing all the problems with that. I'm totally okay with that, but mm-hmm. I will be, I will be held responsible for that because I'm the one that's doing it. Right. So you have to go in there. I think you have to go in to things knowing that you are going to be responsible for all the shit that happens in those things. And you have to be okay with that. Because otherwise you're going to be like, well, I'm not willing to take the risk here because I don't want to be held responsible for that. Like if, if that right. doesn't work out, if that doesn't work out, I, I don't want to be responsible. So I'm not going to do it. And I think that's where so many people are that fear sets in. It's mm-hmm. like, boy, I, if that that's risky. That's hard. That's going to take some real and, oh, I could be held responsible for whatever happens over there. Not going to do it. And I see that so often, right? So often I'm the opposite. I'm a ready fire aim guy. I'm like, I'm going to go out there and go, Oh shit. What did I do? You know, yeah. that's how I kind of operate a little bit because I, I think it's more important to learn something out there and figure it out than it is to sit back and go, Oh God, I don't want that responsibility. I'd rather go out there and fail. Yeah. With yeah I, I, I totally get that. And, and, but man, that's, it goes back. So again, I talked about, you know, family of origin, you know, that you're a little kid, you know, and, uh, and it's really, sad that so many people grew up in a family that if you made a mistake you got whacked whether it be physically or verbally and so there's a lot of people who like since they're that was my my family though that was my family but i didn't know i didn't know i think i rebelled i think it was complete rebellion i think i did things just because i was like i don't want to get in trouble for that but i don't understand why because I think it's going to be interesting to figure this thing out. And I just took, I just took it on. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just rebelled against, I also think, and this is maybe a little bit more on, on the esoteric level. I, I honestly think we're making all this up as we go. So I think we're completely creating our own universe. We're creating our own experiences. Go create, man, go create, do your thing. Don't sit back and go, boy, I wish I would have done that. That might've been interesting. Just go be interesting. Right. So I totally I think get what you're saying, man, but it, but it, the the majority this is it. So I remember we had a discussion with. Um, so um, I do a podcast. You've been on it a couple times, 
And uh, so we had Richard Zokel. Uh, Richard Zokel is a Canadian. He played the PGA Tour. Uh, he won two or three times. Um, I think we interviewed Richard for the doc. Yeah. Yeah. So Dick, Dick is a really interesting guy and, uh, he's really big on the psychology of the game. And so I remember he, he listened to Howard and I. So Howard and I on a podcast, we often talk about our own struggles with the game. And Howard was in a golf hell version, you know, 211. <laughs> <laughs> Howard goes up and down all the time. And, and, uh, so Dick asked to come on the show. And, and he says, guys, what you're not getting is that it's all about just assessment, execution. That's all it is. So you go out and you assess the shot, you grade your, and, and, and then you hit the shot, you grade yourself from one to five on your assessment and you grade yourself one to five on your execution. That's it. And he said, and, and that way you can get out of that, what he calls golf health, you know, uh, the, 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 the fear, the thinking. And I went, Dick, that sounds great. It sounds really logical, but we're not logical. We're human yeah. beings and yeah. we're directed by our fears, our memories, our wounds, our traumas. I mean, some people might, you know, when you say trauma, people will go, wait a second, that's an overworked word. You know, unless you got, you know, pistol whipped or you were in a war or you saw a terrible accident, trauma is an overworked word, but it's all relative, man. Because the brain is wired to keep you alive. So if you've gone through some shit, it's like a trauma. And so the brain is wired to keep you from having those feelings again. And so whether it be in golf or in a work situation or in a relationship, stuff happens, trigger, fear, fight or flight, whatever you want to call it. And then we're going to start making some some choices because our survival brain, that's what we're working on, trying to survive. Mm. So I get the logical part of just, you know, go be risk, you know, this, that's all great. But unless you're aware of your, of the way that we react and we get triggered and all that stuff, then you're not going to change because you're good because your behaviors and your thinking and all that stuff is in your blind spot. You're, you're not aware of it. So mm. that's why. I, you know, in terms of, you know, when people ask me what I coach about awareness, awareness, awareness. <laughs> now you said diatribe before. How is that for a screed? Wow. Well, you know, here's the thing I hear. And, uh, I, I was, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine out in California a couple of days ago. And he says, um, his son was asking all these questions and his son was, we were, we were, we were listening to the judgments coming out of, of the room, right? And all these perspectives and his son's take on this. And and I finally just said to his son, I was like, you know, life's much easier to live in a state of acceptance. You know, I mean, look, yeah, shit's happening everywhere and, and all that. But and I like when 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 my world comes when shit hits the fan in my world, I tell my wife I sit with stuff. Like I just go sit with it. I don't overanalyze it. I don't go stupid with it. I just kind of sit with it and see where it ends up because, because it's so easy to make bad rash decisions on things. It's so easy to get emotional about stuff. It's so easy to have all your, your stories start playing in your head. Totally. And, and I just totally sit with it. I'm like, I just need to sit with this for a while. 
I don't want to make any decisions on this right now because people are asking you because they're they're afraid and they're hearing things. They want decisions made. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to sit with it for what I'm just going to sit with it. And I'll, I'm going to just let it be. I'm going to accept it for a little while. Then I'm going to, I'm going to then, I, then I'm going to start taking action. Once I've, I've, I've totally let it kind of sit on the ground for a minute because, and so I've just kind of learned, this has been through my life experiences. Like I've made rash decisions and I've jumped to conclusions and I've, and I've, jumped on stuff and it always ends up just turning into a shit show. Whereas if I'm like, Oh God, that ain't good. And I just go, I'm going to sit with this for a minute and well, let it settle. I'm going to interject. That's your process. Yeah. That's your process. And and we need processes. And, and do we hold our account ourselves accountable to, did we stay on, did we stay true to our commitment and our process? That's one of the key things you could, you know, like I coached, uh, um, up here in Canada, I coached the University of Guelph men's and women's golf team. And we'd always go into every round. What's your intention? Mm-hmm. What's your intention for this round? And then we'd ask, well, okay, did you stay true to your commitment? Yeah. Well, after I pumped my second drive into the woods on five, <laughs> uh, you know, then it, it changes. But you, do we stay committed to what we're saying we're going to do? So I'm going to, I'm just going to, this may seem out of the blue, but um, so again, Fred Shoemaker is a, a um, along with you, a core a mentor for me. And he, I remember we had him on our podcast years and years ago. And this phrase popped out of his mouth that I just thought was so interesting. And he says, what we need to do is commit to freedom. Mm. And I, I went, that's pretty cool. So you're writing that down. There you go. Mm. Damn, I, I, so so I, I, that fascinated me. Commit to freedom. Because if you look at the definition of commitment, it's, it's holding yourself firm to something, a stance, an action. So where's the freedom in that? Yeah. What, I, what I got was the freedom is freedom from my, from my ego, freedom from my rationalizations, freedom from my excuses, freedom from all my bullshit. My conditioning as a kid, all that stuff. I've committed to something. So now when I execute on it, I'm free from all the other nonsense. Yeah. And, and you're, you're also free. See, see, what I hear in that is I'm committed to this and now I'm free to, now I'm open and free to see all the stuff that I need to see because you said earlier in this podcast, there's all this information out there coming at us, especially if you're trying to learn in the golf swing. Well, if you're not committed to anything, right, it all seems some, you'll accept it all. You'll, you'll, you'll try to figure it all out. But if you're like, no, no, I'm committed to this, you can block out the stuff that's not valuable in that. And you can, now you're free to see the stuff that's going to be the most effective for you. That's what I've always, that's the way I see it. Right. 100%, man. 100%. Yeah. It's, right. It makes a lot of sense. You're committing to your process. And so it makes you free from, see, the brain always seeks out novelty. That's why when I work with someone on, let's say it's something very, uh, it's very technical, say in the golf swing, I'll say, do this for five minutes maximum. That's it. Five minutes. And I said, if you can do it like every day, Say, you know, in your at home or something, just working on something or because the brain seeks novelty. And so, you know, it's like sort of squirrel. 
all over the place. <laughs> so unless you're committed, so if we bring it back to sort of like, you know, uh, integrity, commitment, accountability, to me, those are the foundational pieces mm-hmm. uh, as a human being and, and as, and as a, someone in an, an organization or a community is do I operate with integrity with this stay true to my values? And do I look at that? Okay, great. Okay. Now, am I committing based on my values? Am I, am I committing to those things that, that are going to allow me to be my best self? And if I'm my best self, then I'll be my best teammate. I'll be my best leader. Yeah. And staying and, and executing on those things. And those are the people that you want on your team. Because, because you can trust that they're going to, they're going to execute based on their value systems. That's where that word trust comes into this whole thing to me. Yeah. Because you know exactly where they're going to be, how they stand on things, how, what you can expect from them. And that's everything to me. I love that. Yeah. And, and especially, and so, but it, it's not a straitjacket. So someone can make a commitment to they're going to do something. Well, let's say, um, Let's say it's four o'clock on a Friday. Um, your people are starting to go home or whatever. Um, and th- this guy has, let's say one of your guys has something to do. Maybe get, it's a shipment out the door, but it gets a call from a really upset customer. So he committed to getting that thing out the door, but the higher priority is dealing with that upset customer. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to shift in terms of his priorities. And the, so maybe he didn't execute on getting that that golf club out to UPS and thus be delivered on Monday, in which he promised one person. But he and he discerned that if I don't work with this uh, upset customer, uh, then the shite will really hit the fan because you don't want to because you could give up, you could maybe say imperil one sale, but you could imperil hundreds of sales if you don't deal with the upset customer well but here's what it still comes down to trust to me because whatever he, that person does i know he did the high value thing at that moment that's all i need to know right i don't need to know why the shipment didn't go out he, he might explain it but i'm going to say i know whatever you did was the high value thing because you're a high value person and you you always deal high value so that's why i always i just trust everybody in my environment to do the right thing. And that's all that matters to me. And that, okay, the shipment got there late. We'll deal with that. But you did the high value thing in that moment. And that's, that's where that's bottom line for me, because you're right. You're going to have to, you're going to have to navigate and there's, there's nothing's perfect. So navigating is the, is the key, but you're going to always navigate to the high value uh, place. And that's, that's where you trust. You don't trust yeah. that he's going to do everything he says. You trust that he's going to always navigate to the high value things. Yeah. Hey Tim, I got, I got it. We got to get off. I got another, another call here. But here's what I want to do. Because I mean, see, th- this is what happens between Tim and me. We, we, we have these conversations. Tim will call us to check in and say hi. We talked for two and a half hours. So we're gonna do this again. And I got plenty of stuff I want to talk to you about. We didn't even get into the documentary, which I would definitely want to talk to you about uh, in the next time. So we're gonna do a round two of, of the podcast. So I, uh, Tom, Tim, I appreciate you spending that time with us on the Feeling Greatness podcast. As always, I could speak with you for hours and we do speak for hours. And uh, I'll just tell everybody right now that this was kind of a kitchen conversation. We kind of we kind of had a little kitchen conversation here. One of the many we've had before. So we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if people are interested 
in um, learning more about what I do. So I deliver workshops. Uh, they're called Commit to Freedom, uh, the key to peak performance. And the, the key subject I talk about is um, accountability and how it's related to integrity and commitment. And the core question that we go after, two core questions is, why do my people say they're going to do something and then not do it? So we answer that question. And the second was, how do we build a culture where people can be their best selves and be their best teammates? What, where do they find you? O'ConnorGolf.ca. O'ConnorGolf.ca. And I'll make sure everybody gets a link to that as well. And if they're interested in, I also write, um, uh, toconnor.substack.com. But if you just go on Substack and search me, you'll find it. So, um, right. yeah, I write a bit. Right. Thanks, Tim. Hey, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, to to uh, to you too, man. A uh, great to right. talk. This was really fun. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you on the next next podcast. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Bye bye.